Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferrans. Job growth slowing, but we can safely say the strike by auto workers played a major role in the numbers from last month. Manufacturing, by the way, down 35,000 jobs. Today on the show, former Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan and what led doctors to unionize in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Welcome to the Monday, November 6th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with Tim Ryan. If that name sounds familiar, well, he served in the halls of Congress from the state of Ohio for 20 years. From 2003 to last year, he ran unsuccessfully for a Senate seat, which was won by J.D. Vance. Well, what's he doing now? He's got a, uh, a fund, an action fund that he started. It's called... The We the People 250 Action Fund. The website is wethepeople250.us. This is an organization that is dedicated to fostering unity, reform, and reconciliation in American society. Tim says the mission is to be the voice of the exhausted majority advocating for normalcy, decency, and compassion as fundamental values in our public discourse. Boy, he's right there. Absolutely right on point. Through citizen engagement, he says, and storytelling, this fund aims to awaken the American spirit through advocacy, education, and collaboration. He says, we the people inspires hope, builds bridges, and fosters understanding among Americans. And the timing on this is so important because we are approaching our 250th anniversary in 2026. Tim says we recognize this as a time of great excitement and opportunity. We are committed to convincing our fellow citizens that if we can come together as Americans, well, this can be an extraordinary moment to be alive. He calls it an era of possibility. So again, the website is we the people 250.us tim ryan will be our first guest later in the show we're going to check in with marissa powell marissa is an organizer and a lawyer who has helped clinicians fight for their patients and communities she's been doing this for about four years and she took clinicians on the country's first private sector physician strike this goes back to 2020 and most recently She helped organize nearly 600 clinicians in the country's largest private sector physician union election. This happened in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and they formed the Doctors' Council, and they had the help of the Service Employees International Union. The vote, by the way, was 325 to 200. These are workers at the Alina Health System and uh, includes 550 physicians, nurse practitioners, 
physician assistants who work at Alina Clinics. Now, the company is based in Minnesota, but has clinics all across Minnesota as well as Wisconsin. The doctor's council said in a press release that healthcare professionals say consistent understaffing was leading to burnout and putting patient safety at risk. And you've been hearing this a whole lot, especially during the uh, pandemic and post-pandemic. In fact, I got a story, and this is courtesy of our friends at uh, Harvard University. And if you ever get a chance, you want to check out their labor blog. It's called On Labor. And they pointed out over the weekend, in fact, that before the pandemic, physicians were unhappy. After the pandemic, physicians are unbearably miserable. Doctors face increased violence in emergency rooms a drop-in work-life balance, higher rates of depression. In fact, listen to this. The rate of physician burnout has jumped from just over 38% to almost 63%. A fifth, one-fifth of surveyed physicians plan to leave their practice within two years. These stats, according to the research, lay bare the dire straits doctors have found themselves in But the roots of discontent stretch back years. For the past three decades, massive health systems have been buying up independent physician-run practices and hospitals to create mammoth conglomerates that employ thousands of workers. Despite hospital systems' assertions that mergers will create economies of scale, well, just the opposite. Has happened. In fact, one study found that the merger of two hospitals in one state increased prices by seven to nine percent. And for doctors, well, they're burning out. Unmanageable electronic health records, wages have gone down, and then you throw in the staffing shortages. And that's primarily why they organized with the Alina Health System. And you'll probably see more of this happening around the country. So Marissa Powell will be our second guest right here on America's Workforce. And now look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, offering fixed income, real estate, and equity investment options to clients nationwide. You can find more at boydwatterson.com. U.S. job growth slowed in October, mainly because of the UAW strike, the uh, unemployment rate rose to 3.9%, highest since January of 2022. It was up from 38 in September, which is still pretty low, let's be honest here. Non-farm payrolls increased by 150,000 jobs. Last month's increase in hiring was led by the healthcare sector, which added 58,000 jobs, the bulk of them in ambulatory healthcare services. Employment in government increased by 51,000. Construction employment increased 23,000. There are also gains in social assistance as well as professional and business services. Leisure and hospitality, that rose 19,000. There were job losses in transportation and warehousing and in manufacturing. The auto workers' strikes strongly reflected in the report that came out Friday. Manufacturing saw 35,000 jobs temporarily cut in October. 
33,200 of which came from motor vehicle factories alone. Scott Paul, who heads the Alliance for American Manufacturing, said over the weekend, we look forward to the November data, which should show factory jobs roaring back with the automotive sector fully back online and supply chains running smoothly again. That said, manufacturing job growth has slowed significantly this calendar year. Now is not the time for Congress to scale back public investments or for President Biden to grant trade concessions to China at a summit meeting. America, he said, is primed to reclaim global manufacturing and innovation leadership and failing to do so would imperil our national security as well as economic stability. Scott Paul from the Alliance for American Manufacturing. An administrative law judge has ruled that Starbucks managers, this would be at a Wisconsin store, illegally threaten to take away female-related benefits from workers in retaliation for organized activity. In other words, trying to form a union. The ALJ found that at a series of store meetings to discuss a union petition, the managers threatened to deny workers an abortion-related travel expense due to their union activity, which constitutes an unfair labor practice. This, by the way, is the 31st time a judge has held that Starbucks committed unfair labor practices in its union-busting efforts. The Senate has confirmed civil rights litigator Carla Gilbride as the new general counsel for the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is a win for the Biden administration. Gilbride currently works as counsel at a law firm, which is a plaintiff-side class action law firm and as a temporary staff member at the Civil Rights Education and Enforcement Center. As the new general counsel, a position that's been vacant for two years, Gilbride will lead the EEOC's new strategic enforcement plan, which includes a focus on artificial intelligence bias in employment decisions and diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. And speaking of AI, President Biden last week unveiled a new executive order that establishes safeguards and guidance around artificial intelligence. Among the wide range of issues that the order covers, it addresses the need to support workers who may be harmed by AI due to increased workplace surveillance, bias, and job displacement. In particular, the executive order calls for more studies on the labor market effects of AI and orders the Secretary of Labor, who's actually an acting secretary, to put forth principles and best practices to protect employees' well-being. While the executive order signals a push by the White House to address emerging AI-related issues, President Biden emphasized that Congress must also act on this issue. Boy, he's right about that. All right, quick break. When we come back, former Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan will be joining us. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. 
Find out what it takes to be built by Layuna at Layuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. Attention members of the Heat and Frost Insulators Union who are interested in traveling. Central Ohio has more construction projects on the books than anywhere in the U.S. Mega projects, large and medium-sized jobs are creating more work than our local 50 brothers and sisters can handle. Projects like Intel, the Honda LG battery plant, and multiple data centers for Facebook, Google, and Amazon offer union wages, overtime, and exciting incentives. Local 50 is seeking union travelers to meet the needs of its signatory contractors who can put you to work immediately. If you're a member in good standing and interested in the work opportunities in Central Ohio, visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF travel for more information. This portion of the show brought to you by the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Craftworkers. For more information, please visit bacweb.org. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBalladSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at voidwaterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at usw.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. Let's go to uh, line number one. Welcome a dear friend. Been on the show many, many times. Tim Ryan, former congressman from the state of Ohio. Served in that position for about 20 years. And right now he is in the middle of We the People. We the People 250.us. It's an action fund that he started a couple of months ago, and he's here to talk about it. Tim, welcome back to the show. How are we doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Great to be with you. Okay, let me ask you first off here. You've been watching what's going on in Washington, especially with this new House Speaker. I would imagine part of you says, you're saying to yourself, you know what, I'm glad I'm not there anymore. <laughs> Am I right in saying that? <laughs> you are 1,000% correct. <laughs> it's nice to be outside of the insanity looking in as opposed to being in the, in the middle of the, you know, the fishbowl. Oh, my gosh. Well, you did some good things when, when you were in, in Congress. It, it it seems, though, in the last couple of years, everything has changed. And uh, I know you're trying to kind of pull things back. So talk to me about the We the People Action Fund. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I you know, ran for Senate last year in Ohio. And, and one of the big themes throughout the course of the election, I think the last few years is the the idea that there's an exhausted majority in the country that is just totally fed up with politics and 
and they're exhausted. I mean, the whole thing has become exhausting. You know, you're either red shirt, blue shirt. You got to be in a fight with people. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, quite frankly, Trump brought a lot of this on and really threw gasoline on the fire of like, I have to hate you. And I just think that the most Americans don't want to be in that fight. And we want to welcome them to, to we, the people we want to highlight, um, ideas, uh, that, that aren't getting the oxygen that they need to get in the country. You know, clearly I'm a big union guy, big labor guy. So our first couple of video pieces have been around the UAW strike, which we wanted to provide some air support for the men and women on the ground. But we also want to highlight things that are working out there. You know, we, we see veterans that have, you know, we've had 20 suicides a day now for, for almost decades and how they're getting healed with MDMA and psilocybin and mushrooms and, and, and those plant-based therapies are healing them. We see addicts that are getting healed with cannabis and cannabinoids and different kind of things. We see food being used as medicine to reverse chronic disease. We see regenerative agriculture as a real way to move forward um, with, with climate, but also growing healthy food for people. And in addition to, you know, unionization and having strong unions that can lift up the middle class, highlight those things. And if you're exhausted, come to WeThePeople250.us, and we'd love to have you apart. We want to build a national organization here and highlighting these kind of ideas. And the 250, that's all because we're approaching our 250th anniversary then in 2026? Yeah. Yeah, very good, Flash. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the prompt. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, you know, the country's going to be 250 years old. And I think, you know, most of us, if we if we ponder just for a moment, it's like, well, boy, we're really lucky we got here or we're going to get there. Um, yeah. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, wars, civil wars, um, you know, depressions and pandemics. And, you know, we're, we should enter this phase with the sense of gratitude that, you know, we should be thankful that we live in a great country, um, that we do have freedoms, that we do have the ability to govern ourselves, as sloppy as that may be at times. But I think if we can refocus and say, you know, start with some gratitude and be thankful we're here and uh, say, you know, how can I do better as a citizen? We want to provide that opportunity at We the People and try to celebrate this uh, this birthday for us. And then hopefully it's a, a new era that we can usher in in the United States where we can let go of this you know, nonsense that we've just been thinking and feeling for the last few years. Tim, are you of the opinion that this nonsense that you talk about, and I, I talk about it on the show every day here, it, it's a vocal minority? I, 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 I just can't believe that the majority of Americans are going down that road. Can you? No, and they're not. I mean, some, sometimes you get drugged down you know, the road because you're a citizen and you're involved and you want to try to do the right thing, but... Most people, as you know, and your audience knows, they're out there working. They're out there trying to raise their kids in a, in a difficult, difficult culture. They're trying to feed their family. They're trying to secure retirement. They're trying to make sure their family has health care or deal with health care issues or pay for prescription drugs. Like, they're not into the, the whole thing of, like, I've got I've to hate you. And I think some people have fallen into that. But I think we've got to give those people another alternative to say, look, no. You know, it's like a new coach comes in and there's a cancerous culture on a team or in a church or a parish or, you know, whatever. 
And then you get some new leadership and they say, look, we want to go in another direction. And everyone's like, thank God. I'm just like exhausted from having to be in a fight with everybody. And we hit the reset button. I think that's what the country wants. And, you know, if you look, as you know, like, look, look just take union membership and participation in the last mm-hmm. few years. Look at the yeah. shift from when I started in Congress and I was first coming on your show you and I were, we could caucus in a phone booth together, you know, about pro <laughs> being pro union. And, right. and now, and now it's like 64% approval for unions because the, their time has come. And I think that things can shift, but you have to, and then the UAW strike, I think has said, Holy cow, we actually can make a difference. And so that's going to throw gas on a, a good fire that's burning out there. And so, but you have to have people putting a, a stake in the ground saying, no, you know, we're not going to hate each other. We know that's not going to get us where we need to go. We have really big structural challenges. The only way to solve it is to talk and to work it out. And I say this all the time as a, as a lifelong and proud Democrat, um, that not all solutions are democratic solutions. Not all solutions are Republican or free market solutions. But you got to sit down and figure out what works when and where and how do we work together to do it. And, and that's why we think union membership, which is a freedom issue on my, my view of how, union, how workers can freely associate with each other and choose how they want to associate with each other. That's an issue of freedom. And, and, and so how do we help move the ball down the field? And the union response now is in response to a decades of inequality, decades of outsourcing. That's why it's, it's more popular today than it's been in a long, long time. But we've got to give people those opportunities, got to give them those solutions. And I think people will rally around them. And we're seeing it with We the People now. People are really excited about it. Yeah, let's give that website out again. It's We the People 250, We the People 250.us. That's the uh, We the People Action Fund that Tim started a couple months back. You know, you said something here that I want to pick up on, working together, working together. It's called compromise. You got Democrats on one side, you got the Republicans on the other side. And it seems like the majority of Americans, well, they're in the middle. And they want the Democrats and the Republicans to work together. But there's a group in Washington, I think you know I'm talking about, Tim, that's saying no. It's like my way or the highway. As a former congressman and also, you know, leader of this, this action fund, how do you address that? How, how do you deal with something like that, Tim? Well, I think you have to highlight it and say, look, they're the ones who won't compromise at all um, because you're actually like tapping into the personal experiences of most Americans. I mean, anybody who has kids <laughs> or is married. I, we ran this really funny ad during my Senate race with, with me and my wife. It's like, people think you got to agree with somebody a hundred percent of the time. And I ask, are you married? <laughs> and, and, you know, I got a laugh for a year and a half saying that on my stump speech and we did a commercial about it. And you know, the punchlines, like if me and my wife agree if we have 10 conversations in one day and we agree on seven, we like crack a bottle of wine and celebrate how great our marriage is. And that's like the great day, right? So why would you think you're going to agree with your congressman, your senator, the president 100% of the time? Stop. 
Like, that's not how it works. And then you're going to hate them because you don't agree with them 100% of the time. It's like, move on. We have to, we have to compromise. We have to find solutions. And again, you know, I have disagreements with the far left on a number of issues and, and how they approach things and how they talk about things. And, 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 but that's fine. Like, we're not going to, even within the Democratic Party, we're not going to agree. But what can help us move the ball down the field? And, and I think that's where most Americans are. You have three or four kids and you're trying to go out to dinner on a Friday night. Well, this week, you know, Joey gets to pick the restaurant. You know, next week, mom gets the pick. And the following week, you know, our daughter gets the pick. I mean, that's just how it works <laughs> in mm-hmm. real life. And right, so if we, right. can, if we can help people apply that to the political system and stop living in this delusional idea that, you know, we got to get our way 100% of the time or our ego gets hurt, like it's not going to work for us. It's not working for us. Nope, not at all. Tim Ryan, former Ohio congressman, now part of the We the People movement, We the People 250.us. It's an action fund. We'll talk more with Tim after this later in the show. We're going to talk to Marissa Powell, who's with the Doctors Council. They're organizing and they're winning. Union wins for doctors in Minnesota and Wisconsin. We'll talk about that later in the show. Back in a few minutes. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. Hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland at 216-881-1802. Call Music Talent of Cleveland as your dependable source for professional musicians in Northeast Ohio. Union musicians add harmony to weddings, elegance to parties, and uplifting music for all events. Music Talent of Cleveland contracts solo and ensemble musicians as well as bands and orchestras for single engagements. So hire union musicians. Call Music Talent of Cleveland today. 216-881-1802. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The, the United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, and, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrens with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. 
And when you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency. You can find more at ulagency.org. In fact, if you go to that website, you can sign up for the Unsung Heroes of the Labor Movement, which I'll be emceeing, and that's uh, a week from this Thursday, November 16th. Again, that's ulagency.org. It'll be at the Great Lakes Science Center. Let's go back to our live line, rejoin former Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan, who's got an organization out called We the People 250 Action Fund, We the People 250.us, and they're gearing up for the 250th anniversary in 2026 for the United States. We want to make sure that we're still in the middle of a democracy at this, at that time. And there's been, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot of people that are really scared as to what's going to happen. I mean, and it, it, am I wrong in this? There's a lot of people that kind of like authoritarian governments, dictatorships. Do you see, you see that swelling in certain parts of the country? Well, you, you, you certainly see it in the, hardcore conservative you know nationalistic movement in the Republican Party for sure um, you know any any time you can one lead and support an insurrection and then try to you know whitewash it to say you know it was a it was a you know kind of people coming to visit Washington DC walking through on a tour um, when they beat up cops and, you know, tried to overthrow the government and the free and fair election. And then you get a, an entire political party that either looks the other way or supports it. Um, and the president at the time looked away. And now that president is up 40 to 50 points in every Republican primary poll. I mean, I, I just, you know, I just worry. I think like most Americans just worry, should that man get his hands on power again appoint an attorney general, appoint underlying, you know, U.S. attorneys. Who are they? Um, what are they going to do? Who are they going to investigate? Who, you know, what grievance are they going to try to, to you know, uh, rectify on behalf of the president? That's some scary shit, Flash. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a paranoid guy. Um, I'm the complete opposite. I'm, you know, get more like I'm too optimistic. This worries me. And, and I just think that that giving power to that movement in the next election, which is, is still possible. These polls coming out scare the shit out of me um, that, that that could actually be a reality. And, and we don't want our kids to grow up. And again, as we talk, I do not hate Republicans. I like a lot of Republicans. I really like pro-union Republicans and Republicans that are better on, you know, choice and other things like that. But I don't hate them. You know, they've got a view of the world. Like, our government spends a lot of money on programs, and we don't get anywhere near the results. So if you're going to complain about your tax rate because you're, the solutions aren't happening like they should because the government's outdated and not working right, I get that. That's a legitimate argument to have, right? Mm -hmm. But that's, that's a far cry from an insurrection <laughs> and, and overthrowing the government. And, and we just, we, we are rightly worried. Uh, and I think most people should be that, and, and not, not think, oh, this could never happen here 
Well, no, that's what they, that's what they've said in other countries when this has happened. So we've got to be vigilant, and I think we've got to put on a a really good campaign that's going to allow people to know that that difference. Well, let's talk about your your campaign here, your action fund, and part of this. You know, we got this crazy media environment here in the United States with social media. And, and you talk about in the first segment, you were talking about the hate mongers out there, which get a lot of media play. I mean, look what's going on in uh, a, a good example is this, uh, the situation in Israel and the pushback and uh, attacks on Jewish citizens, attacks on Arab Americans, which, you know, that's, that's a front page story today. You're trying to come across with storytelling, being positive, I was reading earlier, we the people is dedicated to fostering unity, reform, and reconciliation. These are all good things. How do we get that message out? I mean, there, there's, you're starting on a good show here on America's Workforce. Let me remind <laughs> you, we're in the top 1% of all podcasts. This is a good start. But beyond that, Tim, how are we going to carry this message? Well, I've been, you know, I've been doing other podcasts, too, and uh, you know, trying to get a little bit of TV coverage, but I really, we're going to do compelling videos. Um, we've got another one coming out here where I was on the picket line out in, uh, out in Toledo, um, with, with UAW members and, and really kind of doing compelling video around that. But then those other issues I mentioned, I want to do videos on how veterans are getting healed with MDMA and psilocybin. I want to, I want to talk about how addicts, uh, who just couldn't overcome their addiction were, were healed by uh, cannabis and cannabinoids through therapies, how people have reversed diabetes with food as medicine. You know, we clearly want to highlight how the unions have, have really, you know, look at this UAW contract, you're talking over 40 bucks an hour. I remember when I ran for president in 2018 or 2020, uh, I was on the stage and I talked about, we need jobs that pay 30, 40, $50 an hour. And one of my cousins grabbed me and says, boy, that seems like a lot of money. You may, may want to, you know, pair that back a little bit because you sound like you're not looking, living in reality. I said, that's where we need to be. Now here we are a few years later, $42 an hour in this UAW contract. That's where the American middle class needs to be. So how do we highlight these things? And I think if we highlight these ideas that are healing, that are working, there are constituencies of veterans and their families who watch them heal because of this stuff. That's what the American people want. We're Americans. We're innovators. We come up with new ideas. We come up with solutions to solve problems. We don't just sit around and complain to each other. And right now we're sitting around complaining to each other about the other side and this and that. We're not fighting each other. We're fighting poverty. We're fighting vet suicide. We're fighting disease. We're fighting together against these big things. And so we've got to pop out, and that's what we want to do. We the people say, look, how do we unite? How do we forgive, reconcile, and then how do we reform? Because nobody can be happy with the amount of money we spend on poverty programs or health care, and yet we still have most of our big cities lined with homelessness. I don't care where I travel, Flash, you too. Like, you could, you could be in Seattle, you can be in San Francisco, you can be in L.A., you can be in New York, you can be wherever. The lines of homelessness in tent cities, it's disgusting in the United States. So if you're a taxpayer thinking, I spend all this money in taxes, I go out, bust my rear end, and there's still homelessness. There's still hungry people. There's still people without health care. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, so that's the reform piece that I think is really, really important 
for us to understand is a Democrat. Like, you can't defend the indefensible. Like, our kids, half the kids that go to our public schools live in poverty. They're not getting the training that they need. We got rid of shop class. We got rid of these basic things, right? And, and these kids are in trauma. So they can't learn. And we know that now. The brain is one of the things we want to highlight is mindfulness and trauma-informed care in the schools. Because when your brain's in trauma, you're in fight-or-flight mode, you literally can't learn. You take offline what the scientists call and neuroscientists call your executive functions, which is how your, your working memory, your attention span, your ability to focus and concentrate. When you're in fight-or-flight mode, that goes completely offline. And so our kids are in trauma because of poverty, because of lack of nutrition, because of domestic violence and all these other things and lack of security in their neighborhoods. So their brain literally doesn't work right. So they don't learn and then they drop out and then mm -hmm. they don't have a skill. And now, now we have, you know, a generation of, of men primarily that are out of the workforce. Well, that's a problem that we need to solve. I want to highlight what I think, how we solve it. You start with the trauma, make sure these kids are getting good food, not just a rice crispy treat and chocolate milk and popping their sugar levels up to where they can. My wife was a teacher. She's like, these kids get a Rice Krispie treat and chocolate milk, and then they walk into my classroom, and they expect me to teach this kid. <laughs> like, you can't do that. It's no. like stupid. So how do we get to the root cause? And that's the reform piece where I think guys like you, guys like me, most Americans are like, please tell me the path forward, how we're going to reform, because what we're doing now isn't working. Tim, you're you're pretty much on the ground level here with this organization. Where where do you see? I mean, is it starting to resonate? I'm just wondering. And where do you see this in the next year? And obviously, you want this to be in full speed by 2026. Yeah, I mean, we want to um, get a we the people representative in every county in the in the country, um, and and have somebody kind of carrying the flag for us at the local level. And then we want to support those initiatives that are happening at the local level. Um, we're in talking to some funders right now, um, both in the union movement, but also outside the union movement, private sector. Um, so we want to build that part of the organization. And then we want to do like a lot of this content. Like we want to do stories about vets who have been healed by this and then get those families uh, who experience this, and there's thousands of them. They did. There's an organization called MAPS. Uh, Rick Doblin has been researching this stuff for vets for 20, 30 years. They did a they did a conference in in Denver. They had 12,000 people there about psilocybin and mushrooms and these plant-based therapies helping vets. The governor was there. I think sec former uh, governor of Texas Rick Perry was there. I mean, talk about a bipartisan coalition. You got Jared Paulus, uh, who's the first uh, gay governor of of uh, Colorado and Rick Perry, the former conservative Republican governor of Texas uh, at the same conference. I mean, that's the kind of healing reform stuff we're talking about, but there's 12,000 people there. So how do you get those people who, who want this and then organize them politically to lobby uh, to DC and state capitals for these therapies and then work that right down the line, the trauma informed care in schools, food is medicine, cannabinoids and cannabis and that stuff organize those people they're going to see commonality and in like innovations to heal america and that's really what we want to do so we're just going to put out content so that we move people emotionally 
let them see what we want to do, and then ask them to join our uh, organization and participate in our organization, and then hopefully get this thing up and running. And uh, you know, hopefully uh, that's where we're going to be in the next couple of years. Tim, I love what you're saying here on the show. I'm I'm behind you 100. percent Why don't we do this? Maybe in the next five six months, let's let's do another show. See how far you have come. Because uh, we, we need a movement here, and I, I like what you put together. Those of you listening right now, go to this website, We the People 250, We the People 250.us, the We the People 250 Action Fund. Do check that out. Always a pleasure. You take care, stay in touch, and stay safe. Okay, brother? My man, congrats on all your success. Appreciate you, brother. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, doctors organizing in Minnesota and Wisconsin. We'll talk about it next on the show. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Layuna, the Laborers International Union of North America delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at Teamster.org. Union members need to be heard. Reliable and convenient union voting has never been more important than it is now. Make voting easy for your membership by working with survey and ballot systems. SBS offers encrypted and monitored solutions that ensure your elections are accurate and accessible for every member through mail-in, online, and in-person voting. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com and take the next step in getting secure and auditable elections. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at liuna.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcasts. And remember this, if you like a show, please share that show. We count all the downloads or sponsors who are growing because the audience of America's workforce is growing. They like to know how we're doing, and we're doing very, very well. We are in the top 1% of all podcasts in the entire world. And considering 
the fact that there's 2 million podcasts, we're pretty darn proud of that. And much of that happened this year. A lot of that due to the fact that labor is very, very energized. Lots of organizing. And that includes doctors. Let's go to our live line right now and join Marissa Powell. Marissa is representing the Doctors' Council on behalf of SEIU, Service Employees International Union. Doctorscouncil.org is her website. She is an organizer and a lawyer. And we're going to talk about the Alina Health System, where healthcare workers have voted to unionize. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's happening. And uh, Marissa is right in the middle of it all. Marissa, welcome to America's Workforce. Thanks for joining us today. Little background on yourself. Uh, you're a lawyer and organizer. Talk to me. Talk to me a little bit about your background and how you uh, how you ended up at the Doctors Council. Go ahead. Yeah, sure thing. And thanks for having me too. So I came to Doctors Council by way of actually the other big doctors union in the country, Union of American Physicians and Dentists. So I've been working with an organizing clinicians for some time now. So I can tell you that it is possible and it, it, there is a lot of energy here because medicine's really broken, as we all know, as you know, many of us are patients. Um, I'm a lawyer too, but I think that law moves quite slowly and organizing slow too, but it's a little bit faster. And there's a lot of power there. There's a lot of power when people come together. So I organize instead of litigate. Well, this is a really interesting topic because, you know, the perception for many people is, well, doctors are making a lot of money. What are they complaining about? Well, you have to take a, a deep dive into what's going on. Can you, uh, can you speak to what the doctors are saying? I, I know our healthcare system is challenged. Some are saying it's broken, especially because of the way it's funded. But what are, what are the doctors saying? Why do they want to join a union? Yeah, sure. And it's true. A lot of people think union, oh, folks just are doing this because they want to raise. Why would a why would physicians, some of the best paid folks in the country, align with this? But the reality is for, for most of the people who are reaching out to me and who are reaching out to Doctors Council and other organizations like this, it's it's to try to claw back some of the autonomy that has been stripped away over the past several decades as medicine has gotten more and more corporate. I mean, we've seen the trends. We've seen that as the years have gone on, fewer and fewer physicians and clinicians have owned their own practices. You know, the model has really switched to people for the first time being employees. And and with that, perhaps having medical decisions being made by non-medical people, that's very much what was happening with Alina, you know. Um, more and more was being asked of them, expected of them. Their workloads were unsustainable. They were asking for, for years for a voice within their system, for the ability to do better for their patients, to practice safer and better care, and it fell on deaf ears. They were told to stay in their lane. And so at a certain point, they took matters into their own hands and started to organize. I think when it really comes down to it, it's patient safety and the ability to best serve their patients and communities first and better working conditions are just kind of the cherry on top. So we're talking uh, over 500, 550 physicians, nurse practitioners, physician assistants who work at the, at the clinics. That, that's Alina. That's how you pronounce it is Alina yeah, health systems. That's right. 
Okay. That's okay. The, the company's based in Minneapolis, but they have clinics all across Minnesota and Wisconsin. So the, uh, there, there was an official vote to unionize and out of that group, uh, it was what, 325 to 200. That's pretty overwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. were you, were you there for, uh, for the results of the vote that had to be an exciting time? Oh yeah. And I mean, I'll say that many, many of the clinicians showed up for the vote count that day. One of the clinicians actually created these amazing homemade buttons that, um, looked like the ballot with a yes check mark that everyone was wearing. The energy in the room was super palpable because, and I think that this is a testament to why they were so successful. They really, really wanted this. I mean, I won't say that it was an easy win by any means. It took over 14 months of organizing starting out. I mean, this is a system that is a hundred miles in between the northernmost and southernmost and then easternmost and westernmost, you know, so geographically they had that challenge going against them. Most people didn't know their colleagues clinic to clinic. There were over 60 distinct clinics that people had to try to go and make connections from, but by the end of the organizing, and we're not done yet, you know, we're headed into a contract campaign, but at least by the time of the vote, there was a community of organized people who had something to show for their labor for the last year plus of organizing. And it it was a very exciting day for them. Yeah. So you're working on that first, has that process started yet? I I know that's, that's very difficult to accomplish. Where, where are we with that right now, Marissa? So the group was certified about a week and a half ago and now um, the parties will start the bargaining process. So we're early in it and there's obviously a lot of work to do, but I think that there's also a lot of energy to get it done. And I believe that if anyone has the ability to say, this is what makes sense for patients in Minnesota, it's it's this group of clinicians. I mean, I'll, I'll give an example. Even before Even before they went public, even before their organizing effort was announced, they were advocating for for problems policy-wise within their system. You know, there was this policy about patients who were getting fired for having low amounts of medical debt, and it it had been a problem for a long time. And so um, they came together, several of them, and brought it to the attention first of the New York Times and then of the Minnesota Attorney General's office. And through their efforts of bringing these issues to light, they were able to get that policy canceled, get patients who previously did not have access to care, access to care. And the attorney general's office ended up having two different town hall meetings about billing for patients in the state of Minnesota. So hopefully as a result of their organizing efforts, you know, more patients in different systems across the state and maybe even other states will have an easier time getting the care that they need despite, you know, whatever barriers to pay or what have you exist. So there's more so, work to do, but even without, yeah. So Marissa, let me let me try to get this clear. You mentioned about patients from Alina Health System could be fired for having medical debts. Can, can you give me a, a little more information on that? I, I I'm a little lost on that one. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, patients having a few thousand dollars worth of medical debts when that policy still existed 
would get flagged within the Alina system. And for a time, they were unable to go in and receive care. I mean, even if parents, for example, had medical debt, their children would not be able to go in and get care. And it was a huge issue for clinicians who just wanted to be able to serve their patients and communities and had this huge roadblock to doing so for something as small as like a couple thousand dollars worth of debt. So Amazing. luckily their organizing effort was able to completely eradicate the policy. It's canceled now. Well, that's good. And you know, the number one cause of bankruptcy in this country is medical debt. It's so sad that if people have medical debt, then they can't go back to that provider to get the health care that they need. That, that Again, that gets, that gets to the, the broken health care system that we're all involved in. But anyway, well, congratulations to you and the team there. And I have to ask you, because of this, I mean, this is, this is a first. This is a first where we're talking about the largest private sector union for clinicians in the country. Are you getting calls from other parts of uh, of the United States saying, well, you know, we have the same problem here. We we need some help. Is that happening at this stage, Marissa? Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a real domino effect to organizing, and I think that successes like these help people feel braver and help them see that it is possible, and especially with physicians and clinicians. Some don't even know that it's legal. Like, if you're a physician who's listening to this, Legally, you can unionize uh, so long as you are, you know, an employee with a big asterisk on it. I mean, we'll talk if you ever <laughs> want to, I guess. But, I mean, you can. It is possible. That's the big takeaway, I think. So, um, yeah, we're getting calls, and I think that the future of healthcare is organizing. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I thank you so much for coming to the, uh, the broadcast and the podcast today. Marissa Powell, she's with the Doctors' Council which is affiliated with the Service Employees International Union. The website is doctorscouncil.org. You can also check them out on Facebook. On Facebook, it's uh, Doctors Council, S-E-I-U. And you can follow them on Twitter at Doctors Council. That's the uh, hashtag there. Marissa, please keep in touch with us on this. like to hear how that uh, first contract is going. And you got a friend here on America's Workforce, okay? Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great day. And that'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up tomorrow, the Ohio AFL-CIO and the Valley Labor Report. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.